Hello again and welcome to another episode of the Retro Wrestling Podcast. I'm Intern Alex, joined as always by... The one and only, the greatest referee in professional wrestling history, Patrick Young. And Patrick, here we are coming up towards the end of March already. WrestleMania right around the corner. What is happening in the world of pro wrestling? Pensacola, Florida, just a couple of nights ago, Bullet Bob Armstrong. After a 59-year career, Bullet Bob, who I just did a show with back in October, had his final match and is retired. And what a fucking career it has been. Well, it's been a career, but the last time I saw him wrestle was in Rome, Georgia a few years ago. And it was actually one of the saddest things I think I remember seeing uh, him in the ring trying to do a body slam. I'm sorry, you know, at a certain age, you just can't, you just can't do it. I applaud him for doing it, staying active. It's probably good to stay active at that age, but man, it's sad to watch sometimes. And it's a guy that really doesn't even need the money. Uh, He just enjoys doing it because... Brian can clearly support him on his WWE salary, and not only Scott too. I mean, both of these guys have very steady paychecks coming in from the WWE, plus whatever Bob made throughout his career, this 59-year wrestling career. So it, it's something that I applaud him because he enjoys it. He wanted to stay active. He wanted to stay out there and do it. But to see it live was. It just kind of bummed me out. Well, he did, uh, back in October, the show I worked with him, he did a a six-man tag, and it was him and uh, the cat, Ernest Miller, and Glacier uh, taking on some guys, and it was just, it was very entertaining. He's out there, he's dancing, he's getting the crowd pumped, he goes in, he lays a couple of fists on him and then drops the neck breaker or whatever and one two three and the place goes batshit crazy and he didn't have to do much and so it was just it was really awesome though because if you ever got a chance to see bullet bob that was a rarity and a specialty in itself and so my hats and congratulations to him they finally decided to do something right with the warrior award and so the warrior award is going to... Apparently those rumors about the Hart Foundation going into the Hall of Fame seem to have been unfounded because usually when you get to the Warrior Award and the Celebrity Inductee, you're done. Yeah. And that's if you have a Celebrity Inductee. They don't do one every year. So here we are, three weeks out from WrestleMania, and we've already got the Warrior Award recipient who this year, instead of going in the direction of someone who raises money for charity or a celebrity that raises money for someone well known in the charity community basically they chose someone within their own organization which is the original intent of the warrior award as he wanted it to be right but this is uh sue atchison or sue atchison i'm not sure she's been a 30-year veteran of the wwe in the corporate office has helped uh, countless superstars, but also helps with that, their outreach with charities and Make-A-Wish, and so she is going to receive the Warrior Award this year, so at least we're trending in the direction of what the Ultimate Warrior intended the award yeah, to be. I am thrilled that they are finally viewing it, or it's being looked at as that's that's... Now, it, we could be full of shit, and they just did it because they had nobody else to give it to. Or it could be just because of her work with Make-A-Wish and the other charity stuff. Right. But Either you know. way, though, I'm thrilled that someone who is within the company is getting the just dues because of the hard work behind the scenes and the accomplishments that they've accomplished behind the scenes that fans don't see, fans don't realize. 
And so, uh, yeah, congratulations to her. I'm actually extremely thrilled that they decided to to go this route. And also, congratulations. We taped last week on a Sunday, so we didn't get the announcement on Monday, but Harlem Heat going into the Hall of Fame. Yes! I forgot about that. I uh, I called up Stevie right after and congratulated him. So, yeah, Stevie Ray and Booker going into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Booker T, a two-time Hall of Famer, joining Ric Flair and Shawn Michaels. That's a very elite company stevie ray congrats yeah that's, that's all i can really say yeah about i did that. i called up i called stevie and and he was like hey you know thanks man and i was like no really what you and booker did was astonishing i didn't realize until they st- i started looking at the statistics they truly were the tag team of wcw for that hot span from 95 to 99 they were it they held more tag titles than the steiners more tag titles than any... I mean, they were the the WCW tag team. They were reliable in that they were not going to jump ship. They, right. They could be counted on to, yeah. to hold those belts. And they were... Ultimately, a lot of those championship runs were transitional runs. And when the NWO arrived, it turned into... It was the Hall and Nash show. But up until that point, and even when they did first arrive, the NWO... The very first tag title switch was Sting and Luger dropping it to Harlem Heat. Yeah. So, very good tag team, reliable tag team. Stevie, not my favorite tag team wrestler, but Booker, you could tell, was a single star on the rise. You could see the potential there. Good to see WWE acknowledging not only WCW wrestlers, who they tend to kind of steer away from as far as honoring at the Hall of Fame, but also two African-American, prominent African-Americans, even though one's already in the Hall of Fame. So, uh, well-deserved for Harlem Heat. Yes. Rumors coming out, elite, all elite wrestling, oh, so are we doing the Bullet Club thing? Are we doing... No, we are not, because AJ Styles has signed a new deal and a new contract with WWE. Yeah, this just came out a few hours before we recorded the podcast. He tweeted out a picture. He had gotten his family a new puppy, and was like, hey, look at my new puppy. Also, I re-signed a new deal. No details of the deal yet as far as how many years, price tags, dates. But he is being advertised after WrestleMania, which was sort of an indication that he was close to re-signing. So this confirmed it. And at his age, this is probably the right move to just it's a safe bet to yeah. wrap it up yeah. in WWE. Because he's probably making more money then he would be going somewhere else and he can probably he said if he was going to re-sign with them he could he wanted a, a different schedule and they probably knowing that AEW was up and coming probably gave him that request and so he's going to have a a more limited schedule one that he can spend more time at home in Gainesville Georgia which was very important to him well, yeah, I mean, his kids are now starting to get his got, yeah, four yeah. Year, He's got four kids and a wife of 20 years that he's probably been at home for a fraction of the time that I'm yeah. sure he'd like to... And so now to. that now you know your, your pre-teens and your, your daughter's hitting that five- and six-year-old stage, it, it's now the time to go home and be there and be a part of their lives before they're gone or before they're unable to to realize hey it's you know so no i completely agree with him and i 
it was the perfect timing, I feel like, for him. And you're right. It's the best option and decision for him personally. Now, would everybody like to see him at All Elite? Yeah, I'm sure they would. But personally, for him, I agree with his decision. Well, and also knowing the difference between the WWE style of wrestling and what would be expected of him in All Elite, you know, his mid-40-year-old body is is eat much more easily broken down and so to wrestle a wwe style which you know is still can be hard hitting he can put on a classic but for the most part is pretty is is light compared yeah. to yeah if you're on double or nothing or whatever the AEW show is coming up and you're going up against i don't know i'm just gonna throw like kenny omega yeah or pentagon jr something yeah like we're that. gonna expect yeah. A five-star classic where you're going to have to just go... Break your damn back, yeah. Yeah, and so to work a lighter schedule, work a lighter style, I think it's it's the right decision long-term for the health of AJ Styles. So congratulations yeah, to Alan Jones, who's had quite an amazing career, and I'm glad that he's going to finish it up with WWE. Yeah. Go out on the biggest stage possible. Right. Also... New contract, three years, three more years of Sin Cara. So uh, there we go. So the real star, the real free agent, has been snatched up. Also in contract news, Anderson and Gallows have been taken off house shows. They have been removed from all the house shows after they made it clear they want to leave in September, which means I guess they're going to sit at home and get their downside and then get cut. I don't know. Maybe they'll be brought back later on, but uh, WWE not too pleased with Anderson and Gallows deciding to leave. Get paid either way, so... AEW in the future, you think? Either that or back to Japan. Carl Anderson, I believe, is married to a Japanese woman, so he would be more likely to go to Japan, but either way, yeah, AEW or New Japan is their their likely destination. I don't see them going to Ring of Honor or Impact. This is Luke Gallows' last chance, I feel like. He's burnt this bridge. He's not going ever going to be able to go back to WWE for a third time. Yeah, but in this in this case, I feel like he's the one making the decision. When the, the Festus character originally was a character, you're not going anywhere. The right. co- the company did him in the first time. Then when he came back with the Straight Edge Society, he's background fodder. Yeah. So there's nothing for him there. This time, it's like... When he was the imposter Kane at that particular... That big little run or whatever there, too. All right. So. I believe this is mine. The yeah. mask. Yeah. yeah. Fake Kane. But then, in this last run, at least he's the one saying, you know what? I'm leaving because you guys don't have anything for me. Not that not that I've been booked so badly that I'm just going to get fired. Right. It's, I, I've got to get out of here because it sucks. So Yeah. Uh, so, I understand Gallows... Uh, pretty much pretty much done so no more no more club well there's still a balor club a club of one much like the one warrior nation it's a uh, very small group of people now we're recording this on a monday evening and later on tonight kurt angle will announce his wrestlemania opponent although i feel like it's going to be shenanigans and elias is going to interrupt and we're not going to find out for another couple weeks but in your opinion, Patrick, who do you want Kurt Angle to have his final, in quotation marks, because this is pro wrestling, who do you want to see Kurt Angle go out with? Hypothetically or realistically? Who do you want and who do you think they'll book? How about that? I'd love to see him and Shawn Michaels one more time. That's your pick. Okay, so who do you think they'll actually give him? 
Elias. Ooh, wow. I or Jeff Jarrett. Oh no, no, I don't think that's the direction. But something along those lines of like a nostalgia, send him out one last time kind of thing. My pick for him is Samoa Joe, but I feel like John Cena is going to be his opponent because that makes it full circle. That's who John Cena's first SmackDown match was against. And Cena currently has nothing to do yeah. at WrestleMania. And so that's, this would be a good way true. to You're probably spot on there. Well, deep in deep inside though, deep inside I know that it'll be Baron Corbin. <laughs> because that's the way this always happens. I would love to have seen Shawn Michaels though. If they uh, those two had a great match at WrestleMania once before. And I yeah. Well, speaking of WrestleMania, in honor of the late King Kong Bundy, you chose WrestleMania 2 from April 7th, 1986, the year of my birth, so I was not around to see this one. Neither were you. And if we were around, we'd have to go watch it on closed circuit, because this is even before pay-per-view. That's right. Because you can't just... There were no cable boxes back then. The go buy the ticket. Go sit in a theater. Sit in a movie theater. and Or drive-in, if you found a drive-in that was doing it still. And uh, watch it. Since WrestleMania 1 was this big spectacular, Vince McMahon got in, in his head, Hey, let's just do this thing from three different arenas. Uniondale, New York. The Rosemont Horizon in Illinois. And Los Angeles, California. So a little side note behind this: Vince McMahon rolled the dice and gambled everything for WrestleMania One. Not only did he do it for one, he did this for two and for three. That is how good he was able to truly believe in his talent. So had he fucked this up tonight, there would not have been a WrestleMania Three or another show. WWF would have been out. Well, famously, the original WrestleMania, as Jim Crockett will tell you, was paid for by Jim Crockett Promotions after they had to pay for their Saturday 605 time slot back. So, in a weird way, Jim Crockett is actually responsible for the first WrestleMania and perhaps every WrestleMania ever since because he had to buy his time slot back from Vince McMahon who had underhandedly snuck it away from him. The attendance... For this event is a combined, keyword combined, 40,085 people. The tagline, the premier sporting event of the year. I think the Super Bowl could probably have something to say about that. And then the other tagline, what the world has come to. What has the world come to? A pay-per-view in three different locations, apparently. That's what the world has come to. Tonight, commentators... Oh boy, we have a long list of commentators and ring announcers, special and guest referees, special guest announcers, special guest timekeepers. Celebrities. Well, celebrities in varying degrees of celebrity. I have no idea who half these people, and that's saying a lot for me. So, our commentators from New York is Vince McMahon... And the special guest announcer from New York is Susan St. James. Who, who the hell is that? I'm going to ask the, ask you these people. Susan St. James was on the sitcom Katie and Allie at the time. I have no idea. I don't know who the hell that is. All right. So, in Chicago, we had Gorilla Monsoon, Gene Okerlund, 
And then the special guest announcers in Chicago were Kathy Lee Crosby, not Kathy Lee Gifford. Who the hell is Kathy Lee Crosby? She was a tennis player, and she starred on the TV show That's Incredible in the 80s. Okay. And we also had Ernie Ladd, who is, of course, the big cat. Yeah, big cat Ernie Ladd. And then we go to Los Angeles, where we get Jesse Ventura, Lord Alfred Hayes. Elvira. And Elvira, that's right, the vampire woman. We have special guest timekeepers, uh, Herb, who I have no idea who I don't Herb know. is. I, he got a pop, though, so they seem to recognize I don't know who the fuck he is. Like, I've never heard of this man. In Chicago, we had the Where's the Beef Lady, Clara Peller, for... Uh, as a special guest timekeeper. And in Los Angeles, for the main event, Ricky Schroeder, of course, from Silver Spoons. Then he would go on to NYPD Blue, I believe was his uh, big rise to fame. But probably the biggest celebrity of them all is the guy who sings America the Beautiful, and that is Ray Charles, who unfortunately they did not spring for a piano for Ray Charles. So he sings along to a track... And his mic fucks up at the start. So you take... And his rendition of this song is probably one of the best ever, but... Uh, yeah, without a doubt. They, they fuck it up, so... Without a doubt. Here's all your ring announcers for the night. Finkel had New York. Chet Kopic had Chicago. Tony the Tiger Lee Marshall had Los Angeles. Joan Rivers had New York for the Mr. T. Roddy Piper match. And in L.A., Mr. Dodger, Tommy Lasorda for the cage match between King Kong Bundy and Hulk Hogan. Tommy Lasorda. It's awesome to see see him. Also, Joan, Riz- Joan Rivers with her real face, not plastic surgery. So there you go. Now, almost unrecognizable. I know. What the hell? And here's all your NFLers for the Battle Royal before I forget. Jimbo Covert, Bill Fralick, who, by the way, Bill Fralick, he passed away last year. But he was one of the few people... On the USS Intrepid, on the Lex Luger-Yokozuna body-slamming challenge, he nearly... He almost got him. He almost got him. He asked for one more chance, and had he gotten it, I think he could have done it. He could have slammed him. Russ Francis, Ernie Holmes, Harvey Martin, William Refrigerator Perry, and then they were up against Andre the Giant, Ted Arcidi, Tony Atlas, The Heart Foundation, Killer Bees, Hillbilly Jim, Iron Sheik, King Tonga, Pedro Morales... R.I.P. Bruno San Martino, R.I.P. Danny Spivey, and Big John Studd, R.I.P. So that is the battle royal that we have to look forward to. There was a lot more wrestlers than there were NFL players. It's true. The odds were quite stacked against him, and I thought it was odd. So you get to the end of the battle royal, wouldn't you think it would come down to an NFL player and a wrestler? Yeah. No, it doesn't. No, it's all wrestlers. Yes. Because wrestlers, remember, are the real athletes, not these pussy NFL players. Well, I just thought it was funny because it's 20-man battle royal, right? Only six football players. The odds are a little stacked in their favor. So So while Ray Charles is singing America the Beautiful, we get an American montage, which is fine. Everything's going well. But of course, Mr. America himself is how we end this montage of Hulk Hogan with fireworks going off in the background. More so than Abe Lincoln, Patrick is... Hulk Hogan. He embodies the American spirit. He is Mr. America. We go to Mean Gene in Chicago. He teases the Battle Royal. 
in New York, Piper's getting warmed up for his boxing match. He grew his hair so you wouldn't get him confused with Mr. T, he says. <laughs> uh, we go to New York for our opening match from the Nassau Coliseum. It's the Magnificent Morocco with Mr. Fuji taking on Paul Orndorff. Mr. Wonderful Paul Orndorff here. Who was not quite wonderful in a moment that was edited off the VHS release, the DVD release, and the network version at one point makes fun of Mr. Fuji by slanting his eyes and then giving him the Italian fist. Really? Yeah, so uh, a little uh, <laughs> wow. a little racist, Mr. Wonderful. Orndorff gets all the offense early with scoop slams and an arm bar. Morocco escapes with a Samoan drop. They brawl over the ropes. And the quickest 10 count in the history of 10 counts strikes again. And both men are counted out. What a way to kick off a pay-per-view. Double count out. Double count out, brawl to the back. Bullshit chance. Always a great thing to (laughs) start off the night with bullshit chance. 1986, and we're getting bullshit chance. For some reason, it takes Fink forever to just make this announcement. He did. Was he not watching the match? So instead, while Fink is standing in the ring, we go to Mr. T, who gives his promo, but they leave Fink's mic up in the background, so while Mr. T is talking, you hear the double count-out announcement. Yes. So production fuck-ups aplenty tonight. And this is... This is the network version. This is the cleaned up version. I wish I had a copy of the actual feed. The original feed. Because it would just be a fucking mess. Cluster mess. Yeah, absolutely. The Intercontinental title match is next. Georgie Animal Steel, he's been obsessed with Miss Elizabeth. Georgie Animal Steel doesn't really strike me as like a sexual predator, so I'm not sure his obsession with Miss Elizabeth. He just finds her fascinating. She's. I mean, why did King Kong want the lady we don't know why did why did the beast fall in love with the beauty well beauty fell in love with the, well i guess it was kind of mutual it's kind of unexplainable really let's see we go to a macho man pre-tape interview and he says he's zeroing in on georgie animal steel not a very good macho man promo he was not at his full macho no, madness no cream yet. of the crop no cream rises to the top the match begins. George just runs Macho out of the ring. The animal eventually bites on Macho's boot. We get a double choke throw to Macho. Then he gets, of course, distracted by Elizabeth, but gets tied up in the ropes, Andre style, and Macho chokes and kicks him while he's tied up. Macho hits a pretty ugly crossbody for a near fall. The animal then bites Macho's arm. Ding, 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 DQ. That's what it should have been. Macho then decks the animal with some flowers that were meant for Elizabeth. And then rams the flowers in Macho's face. I hope they didn't have thorns on them. Animal does his turnbuckle eating spot and then stuffs it in Macho's face. The animal gets distracted by Elizabeth again and Macho drops a double axe handle. He slams the animal and hits his Macho Man signature elbow drop. And Georgie Animal Steel kicks out at one. (laughs) Kicks out at one! What the fuck? So Macho Man, furious about this... Just uses the ropes. The face in the match, by the way, uses the ropes to pin the animal and escape the match. What a dirty heel. Macho Man Randy Savage. (laughs) But I guess Animal was just not clued in on the finish here and had not studied the tape. Very uh, bizarre. I wish I had more to say to that, but I, I liked the match. It was a cluster at the end, though. I enjoyed the match. I, I love watching George Animal Steel. No, this sucked. He's entertaining. We're 0 for 2 so far. (laughs) 
Bill Fralick is with Big John Studd, and they argue about who's better, football players or wrestlers. Vince asks Susan, do you like snakes? Which sounded very sexual. And then she says she hopes she doesn't see the snake, which also sounded very sort of sexual. <laughs> George Wells of WrestleMania II fame is here to take on Jake the Snake Roberts. The snake spends most of the match just selling for Wells, but thumb to the eye slows him down. Jake hits the DDT, wins the match. Out comes Damien. Wells doesn't sell the snake very well until he starts foaming at the mouth. And there you go. Jake the Snake is still undefeated here in 1986. The real streak is underway. It's true. Vince tosses to a Mr. T and a Rowdy Roddy Piper promo video from Saturday Night's main event. Then Vince tosses to Los Angeles with Jesse Ventura and Hulk Hogan, who I can't believe Jesse is standing with Hulk Hogan. This makes no sense. He would never interview Hulk Hogan. He hates him. But Hogan says his ribs aren't broken. But it doesn't matter, brother. And Mr. T, my good buddy, he's going to knock out Rowdy Roddy Piper. Then we cut back to New York. Joan Rivers is the guest announcer for the Mr. T boxing match. Another boxing match. Why do we keep picking pay-per-views with boxing matches? What are you doing to me here? Well, this is one of the best boxing matches of all time. Well, the so. bar was really low. Daryl Dawkins, Cab Calloway, G. Gordon Liddy, and Herb are out. Herb is the timekeeper. I want to know who the fuck Herb is. I don't know. He's not Herb of Peaches and Herb, so I, I don't know. Piper's out first, then Joe Frazier escorts out Mr. T with the Haiti Kid. Remember him from WrestleMania 3? He gets kind of squashed by King Kong Bundy. <laughs> the match begins. Piper headbutts Mr. T when they meet in the middle of the ring for the glove touching, so Piper should have already been DQ'd. The match should have been over. Round one, pretty evenly contested. Piper scores a couple of nice right hands, and uh, Mr. T, turns out, not a very good boxer. He seems more interested in just locking up to prevent getting punched. The ref, though, he cannot seem to separate them. His one job is to keep these guys separated, and he sucks at it. (laughs) They fight after the bell for a second before the trainers separate them. Then Piper gets greased. He gets Vaseline dumped all over his head. Good strategy here. So the the, the punches will slide right off of him. Exactly. Piper just tees off on Mr. T in round two. Just beats his ass. Piper's in complete control. Mr. T gets knocked down, and the ref doesn't count until several seconds later. So of course he beats the count. But he actually didn't. If this was a legit boxing match, Roddy Piper just won in round two. So the bell rings, and Piper, I would say, is up two to nothing on Mr. T. Bob Orton dumps water on T during the break, which I don't understand, to help him wake up, I guess. In round three, Mr. T puts Piper in the corner and dominates him with strikes, so T finally gets some offense. Mr. T shoves Piper into another corner and punches him, and he goes tumbling out of the ring, which, again, would have been a TKO in a real wrestling match. They just get back in the ring and lock up to end the round. Before the next round begins, Piper chucks his stool at Mr. T to begin round four. They trade rights. Piper decks him with a big right, takes T's mouthpiece right out of his mouth, so Piper not holding anything back. I think he really wanted Mr. T to try, you know, really shoot-fight him here for a second. Mr. T not biting, though. The ref takes a bump, and Piper body slams him, and despite the ref taking a bump, this causes the bell to ring. Then everyone brawls. Mr. T is declared the winner, despite Rowdy Piper kicking his ass entirely. 
By the way, Piper had no reason to slam him. He was winning on all the cards. Uh, he would have easily won the decision here. As you find out when you play that, the thumb was attached. You okay. and T in a boxing match. I uh, watched that. It was what it was. And you, you have horrible. hands. You have a boxing background yeah. uh, from your days at, at the Y. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so. It was horrible. I tell you, it was it was it was uh, horrible. Yeah, we're two guys. We're we're two. We're we're on, we're on the same level. Yeah, it it, it was uh, horrible. It's tough to work a match like that. Here's, you, all you can you can do your best, do your best to get through it. Here's what happened. Hard to tell a great story. Hard to tell a great story, man. You got to have somebody to tell a story sorry, with. with. <laughs> <laughs> here's what happened. Uh, McMahon. Took me off the road and threw me in a camp in Reno with Lou Duva, Tyro Biggs, Sprinks, Baxter, uh, Braxton, Tyro Biggs, uh, Holyfield, uh, etc. And all of a sudden, six weeks, how did I get here? Right. You know, I'm yeah. dying. And so now it comes time to get in the ring, and this is what they do to me. Because I'm waiting for a high sign. I right. told Vince, uh, go for it if you can. This is what they did to me. They... Had me make a fist, and then they taped up my fist. I heard about that. And then they put my fist in the glove. Right. Now, the commentating, Vince and this lady, and this lady had no experience at it. Zero. It was, it was really bad. So, yeah, anyway. So, now I'm needing tea. Like, this is what's going through my head. I'm going, I want to take this guy out, but if I take him out... What are the, what's Vince, what, what is right, Hollywood? What's consequences? What, yeah, what's the con, exactly. And, but if I can get him to do anything, hit me with an elbow, just anything. Right, right. Can justify it, right? And Vince isn't giving me no nothing. Right. Or anybody else. So I'm in the ring with this guy, and they mm-hmm. wanted one, go ahead, sir. No, no, I'm just okay. just to go into the, to that big of a match. Oh. Second R- WrestleMania, and to really... Give me I, this. Have, have, have almost full creative, but no creative. Yes. You're, you're boxed in. And now they, they, want, uh, they want me to get least knocked down by T. Right. Okay. So I'm not sure. Maybe the second or third round. I can't remember. But all right. And what I was going to do was T was going to left hook me. And I was going to go through the ropes onto the floor. Yep. So I'm getting around to that piece of business, and all of a sudden I realize not only do I have thumbless gloves on, my fists, I, I got... You can't hook the rope? I, I can't hook the rope. And I'm, I'm kind of looking, and I'm, I'm, I don't know, 7 to 10 feet. Yeah. And it's coming. Yeah. And here we go. And I just went for it. Well, he missed the left hook. the punch and I'm in flight okay and I got back up in the next round I I took the stool and I threw it at him as hard as I could dude you choked that thing across the ring with force that was, that was a shoot yeah okay and it took it a, oh yeah it took a yeah. hunk of meat out of him and it was like just and again we're taught if I got a problem with somebody, figure it out in the locker room. Right. This is business. Right. That's beat into me. And you know what? I just, uh, I can't remember, slammed him or something and get out of it. So you c- they couldn't go to the finish like was planned? 
So he he just took it upon himself to. So what was the original finish supposed to be, Patrick? He's gonna he's gonna hit him so hard that he flipped. He had to grab with one hand. He was gonna hit him and flip him. So T was gonna punch him. T was gonna punch him, and instead of punching him and him falling down and rolling out. He was going to punch him so hard, he's going to flip over the top rope. And that would have been caused. And that was it. Oh, okay. That was going to be caused. Like, he can't answer. He just, he lifted him up with an uppercut completely. But then he looks and he's like, well, fuck, my thumb's attached. I I have no thumb to grab the ropes. Well, hell, he's not falling on his damn head. So, and the, but he describes it great in that, that told you. It's really extremely entertaining. Yeah, I'll include the clip from Legends Roundtable where he discusses this boxing match. And congratulations, Nassau Coliseum. That was your night. (laughs) All, all three matches. Four. Four. Four matches. Took about 30 minutes. So enjoy watching the rest of WrestleMania on closed circuit from the Nassau Coliseum. Vince tosses to the Rosemont Horizon with Grill Monsoon and Mean Gene. Kathy Lee Crosby joins him on commentary. Chet Kopik is in the ring. It's the ladies' title match, not the women. They were ladies back then. Moolah runs right through Velvet McIntyre. Has no fucking chance Right through. Pins her after she misses a second rope splash, which is even more embarrassing, as Velvet McIntyre did herself in, basically. Pins her, one, two, three. I think the match was 19 seconds. It was a minute 25, if you can believe it. So, there you go. Fabulous Moolah, champ again. Now it's time for a flag match with Nikolai Volkov. He's taking on... Super Leatherface! No. No. Corporal Kirshner. The least American of the American gimmicks. Why is this? Well, just because he can't get... He doesn't get over. He's not Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter is the only army guy to ever get over. It wasn't until he made it in Japan and did the Leatherface gimmick did he finally get over, in my opinion. Well, he never got over in the States. Kirshner steals Blassie's cane, of course, uh, Freddie Blassie, Volkov's manager. So Kirshner just steals the cane, wins the match, and America is saved after he blasts him with the cane. And there you go. 205, the American flag is raised, America is saved. But not really, not until the real American Hulk Hogan saves the day a little bit later in the show. Mean Gene introduces the Battle Royal, and the Where's the Beef lady is there too, and she says hi to us. Dick Buckkiss is the ref in a Battle Royal, which doesn't need a ref, as well as Ed Too Tall Jones. So there you go. This match, before they knew how to do Battle Royals with spots, this was just punch, punch, your turn to go over. You're go- you're going over the top rope. Okay, now it's your turn to go over the top rope. And much like WrestleMania X7, how do we determine the winner, Patrick? Who can't bump to the outside? Andre the Giant. Congratulations, buddy. He eliminates Jim the Anvil Neidhart and then tosses future five-time world heavyweight champion Bret Hart over and wins. The Battle Royal. The the inaugural Andre Battle Royal here. Yes, it so, is. So, there you go. Heating him up for his uh, Big Macs. <laughs> Imagine, it's crazy, he goes from this nothing match to main eventing WrestleMania 3 in front of 93,000 alleged fans. So, weird how things work year to year in wrestling. We go back to New York and Vince is there with Piper. Piper says, Mr. T cheated. He didn't. Gene is with Jimbo Colbert. 
And he's pissed off because he lost. He was one of the football players. Shiki Baby is upset too, but he's glad a wrestler won. He was uh, Shiki Baby taking notes for his battle royal in WrestleMania X7. To <laughs> just say you can't bump to the outside, you will win a match. Then they replay the Battle Royal highlights again, Patrick. I'm glad you paid for this pay-per-view to watch a replay of the match you just saw. Tag titles are next. This is the main event of the Rosemont Horizon, and this is by far a match of the night here. The tag titles are on the line. Johnny Valiant is with the Hammer and the Beefer. The Ham and the Beef. Greg the Hammer Valentine and Brutus Beefcake before he was a hairstylist. He was not a barber at this point in time, no. No, he was just a beefcake. Yeah. Captain Lou Albano and Ozzy Osbourne are here for some reason. Why Ozzy Osbourne? Hey, you're British, right? Okay, you're with the British Bulldogs. <laughs> what would he add to this match? Not a damn thing. No, much... I almost thought this was Alice Cooper... From the Jake the Snake match Next a year, year later. Yeah. Who just did nothing. Not right? a fucking thing. Gorilla doesn't know what Ozzy would do for them. He was right. Two referees for this match, which would have no impact on the match, by the way. There was one in the ring and one out. Made no difference. Somebody trying to get a paycheck. You know, you're probably on to something. I bet Joey Morell is probably the ref on the outside or something, so Gorilla's son got a payday here. But he was never shown on camera. I have no proof of this second ref ever existing, I don't think. Dynamite Kid hits a nice snap suplex to Valentine. Davey follows it up with a delayed vertical suplex. Valentine regroups instead of tagging Beefcake. He goes on a little offense against Davey, hits a knee drop before finally tagging in Ed Leslie. Davey then press slams Beefcake and hits a fisherman suplex for a near fall. Valentine gets the tag and drops him with a clubbing fist from the turnbuckle, followed by a scoop slam and a headlock. The Bulldogs hit the double shoulder block to hammer. Then the Dynamite Kid hits a sunset flip for a near fall, followed by a backbreaker. But Ed Leslie makes a save for the hammer. Hammer hits a nasty pile driver to Dynamite Kid, landed directly on his head, and then fell forward. This only gets a two count, of course. Dynamite catches Hammer coming off the turnbuckle and slams him, much like the Ric Flair spot. Davey hits the running power slam for a near fall. Davey then gets run shoulder first into the post, WWE's favorite spot. Then Hammer hits the shoulder breaker, but breaks his own count, costs himself the match. Davey runs Hammer into Dynamite's corner head first. And then Davey just rolls him up, gets the three count, and we have new WWF Tag Team Champions, the Bulldogs. And I thought this match was very good, considering the match quality on this show. Maybe not match of the night, but up there. It was it was close. It really was close. I think I might give the edge to Steamboat, just because I love how Steamboat wrestles. But This, to me, is a tie for match of the night with... Our semi-main event. Oh, give me a fucking break. (laughs) Ozzy and Captain Lou, despite not winning the belts themselves, they get to celebrate with the belts. Ozzy says, British Bulldogs forever! Kathy says, Ozzy, are you going to come back every year and help out the uh, Bulldogs? And he says, oh yeah, yeah, sure. He would never be seen again. (laughs) Davey says, hey, since we're in America and we won the belts, we're going to stay in America. And Dynamite was too injured to have an interview. What happened to him? I think they just... He actually was bleeding, and bleeding bad. But it was not expected. All I could figure was when he got pushed off the top rope, 
Yeah, that turnbuckle maybe hit the metal on the turnbuckle. Right, that's what I'm thinking. Then Gorilla signs off from Chicago, so so congratulations, your 30 minutes of WrestleMania is over. Time to go to Los Angeles. But first, Vince previews the rest of the card, and then we go to L.A., where the Lordship, Alfred Hayes, Jesse Ventura, and Elvira are there. Out of all the celebrity commentators, Elvira is probably the least offensive of the bunch. She pretty much kept quiet. Our opening match from Los Angeles, Hercules Hernandez, as his 22 pay-per-view streak was well underway here, taking on Ricky Steamboat. Hercules just batters Steamboat as soon as the bell rings. Steamboat fires up with a clothesline chop and his signature arm drags. Steamboat works Hercules' arm, then he hits a vertical suplex. Hercules stops the assault with a clothesline, knees Steamboat's head. Steamboat hulks up with chops, but eats another clothesline. Hercules hits the laziest press slam I've ever seen. Ultimate Warrior would be proud. He makes up for it by repeating the spot, but then Steamboat hits the flying crossbody and gets the win. So congrats to... The Dragon, who would have a much better showing next year. We cut to the next match as there was some sort of issue here and the WrestleMania 2 logo pops up for a while. And this is the cleaned up version and there's still fuck-ups here. Jimmy Hart is out with Adrian Adonis, who rivals Brother Love for the reddest face in the history of pro wrestling. He's taking on Uncle Elmer. Which, I just wanted to mention, Uncle Elmer might have the record for most gimmick names. Here we go. Here are all the ring names of Uncle Elmer, who looks like a big farmer man. He is... He's got to be, like, right at seven feet tall. He's billed at six foot ten. He's a big, fat farmer man. Here we go. All the ring names of Uncle Elmer... He was A-Team number two. He was Big Tex. He was Ed Younger. He was Kong Gorilla. He was Cowboy Frazier. He was Farmer Boy Frazier. He was Giant Frazier. He was Giant Hillbilly. He was Hillbilly Elmer. He was Kamala 2. He was Pascagoula Plowboy. He was Playboy Frazier. He was Plowboy Frazier. He was Tex Frazier. He was the Convict. He was the Country Plowboy. He was the Giant Rebel. He was Tiny Frazier. He was Tiny the Plowboy. He was the Lone Ranger. He was Uncle Elmer, as we saw here tonight. And finally, he was Lieutenant Frazier. Holy shit, that is a lot of gimmicks. So there you go. He retired in 86, so this is the end of his career, basically. Probably his last match, truthfully. Last match on a major stage, for sure. Uncle Elmer comes out to a dubbed banjo theme. I imagine this was Don't Go Messing With a Country Boy. I imagine this was Hillbilly Jim's theme. They must have had some sort of alliance, just based on their overalls, wouldn't you think? Oh, they did, yeah. So, they dubbed it over with twangy banjo music. Adonis bumps like a boss for Elmer, and when I say that, this is HBK Hogan type bumping, where he's just, whoa, just flying all over the place. Giant man flying all over the place. Elmer, by the way, punches Adonis and takes a bump (laughs) from throwing his own punch. Adonis bumps to the outside. Elmer rips his dress off. Adonis gets tied up in the ropes like Andre, gets punched. Elmer hits a stinger splash, but misses the big leg. Adonis goes to the top rope and nails a splash slash headbutt slash elbow. I'm not sure what the fuck this was, but it was enough to keep Mr. Elmer down uh, like glue to the mat for the big win for Adrian Adonis. 
in a grand total of three minutes and one second. Fast match. You know what wasn't a fast match? Our next match, because it went on forever. Yes, and it had no stakes attached to it whatsoever. <laughs> Al Hayes is with Hulk Hogan. Well, you know something, Albert. Hulkamania will live forever, and I feel sorry for that King Kong Bundy. Up next, Terry Funk and Haas Funk. Not to be confused with Dory, because it is Dory Funk, are in the ring with Jimmy Hart. And unfortunately, since this is the WWF, the NWA does not exist. So, no mention of their former world title runs. No mention of their history in pro wrestling. Why just, did Why did they change Dory's name to Haas? I have no idea. That was bugging the shit out of me watching this match. Literally bugging the absolute shit out of me. You know, it's one of those things where Vince was probably just like, I don't like that name. Just like when TJ Perkins started wrestling, he was like, I hate the restaurant Perkins. You're TJP. So, yeah, so it's just one of those things, you know. You're a hoss. Hoss. You know, Dory. If if this was after the Pixar movie, you'd be, you're not a fish. You're a hoss. So, they're taking on Tito, or as he's commonly referred to as... Chico. And JYD. The Junkyard Dog. Dory starts with JYD. JYD just cleans house against the Funk Brothers with body slams. Then Tito drop kicks both Funk Brothers out of the ring and they have to regroup. JYD sends Terry flying over the ropes. Tito hits the flying burrito, but Terry breaks up the count. Jimmy gets in a few cheap shots on Chico. Then Terry suplexes Tito. Tito suplexes Terry. Then the Funks just get the heat on Tito forever as JYD needs to... uh cool off you know this this is a big man he he doesn't need to blow up he finally gets the hot tag runs wild knocks the funks heads together clotheslines terry eventually though terry just starts choking jyd with a chain ding 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 dq no no jyd back body drops terry out of the ring terry barely makes the count jyd then punches jimmy hart and dory Tito puts Dory in a figure four, but the ref stops it because he's not the legal man. Then Terry decks JYD with Jimmy's megaphone. And the Funkers getting the win here. The undefeated streak of the Funk Brothers begins at WrestleMania 2. Unfortunately, well, and Terry, did he, he won his chainsaw, Charlie. Yeah. Did he, he is ha- undefeated at WrestleMania. Did he have an, are those the only two Terry Funk WrestleMania matches? Only two. So, holy shit, he, he's next to Undertaker. He's the greatest performer in WrestleMania history. Yeah, so Terry Funk between Chainsaw Charlie and this match with his brother. He's undefeated. WrestleMania's. He's the GOAT, man. Forget an Undertaker, he blew it. Yeah. Bullshit chance again. So we begin the night with bullshit chance, and we end the night with bullshit chance. As JYD was super over... And uh, probably should have been booked to win this match, considering Terry and Dory were out the door. So why not just let JYD get the win? And I mean, the the ovation JYD gets at WrestleMania 3, it's like, this guy probably deserved a run with a singles title. Just because of how over he was. WrestleMania 3, that roof was blowing off for him. That is so true. They love this guy. Time to build the cage. Wall by wall. Wall. (laughs) So on closed circuit, or in the crowd, 
Oh, imagine watching this closed circuit like at Nassau or at Chicago, just watching them build the cage. Just watching. Waiting. Piss break. Yeah, definite piss break here. Promo recaps the feud between Bundy and Hogan. Uh, we show Hogan's training montage where he does pull-ups with 500 pounds around his neck, which I thought was weird. I don't know why he needs neck strength, I guess, to lift Bundy over him, yeah. I guess. But you wouldn't want all that on your neck. You'd deep, want that on your shoulders. Slam. Ooh, brother. Saving that, saving that for next year. That's right. Jesse the Body Ventura is with fellow heels... King Kong Bundy and Bobby Heenan. Bundy says he intends to win the gold and he knows that Hogan's going to end up in the hospital. You see, he attacked his ribs on Saturday night's main event, so he knows that Hogan is just one move away from being in an ambulance. Elvira tosses to Vince and they talk about, oh, that fence, oh, you got to build it out of iron because King Kong Bundy's so fat. That's why. Okay, <laughs> I don't I don't think it makes a difference, but whatever. Clearly, it doesn't make a difference because it's St. Valentine's Day Massacre. Austin was chucked right through this thing, so uh, it doesn't seem to really matter uh, how much you weigh. This thing can fall apart at any minute. Tommy Lasorda announces Ricky Schroeder from Silver Spoons this year and special ref Robert Conrad in a match that doesn't need a ref also. Tommy explains how a cage match works which takes forever. And then out comes King Kong Bundy with no theme song and his manager, Bobby the Brain Heenan. Then America arrives as Hulk Hogan comes out, bandana in his mouth, and this is roided out of his mind, Hulk Hogan. (laughs) This is the Hulkster. He comes in, he shakes the cage, he, he looks climbs at, the yeah, cage. He says, fuck that door. Doors are for pussies. Climbs the cage, straddles the corner of the cage at the very top, and you. rips that shirt off, and the place is going absolutely shit crazy. There was no denying that Hogan was on top of the wrestling world. <laughs> so, match begins. Strike battle to begin. Hogan gets the upper hand. He clotheslines Bundy in the corner, delivers some forearms. It's take the big man off his feet, Patrick, as Hogan delivers some strikes, but Bundy's just not going down. Bundy slams Hogan, slows him down, and then he stands on Hogan's neck. Bundy, he's not fucking climbing that cage. No, I'm going for this door. It's right here. Good strategy, buddy. I'm sorry. Always go for the door. But Hogan stops him. He rams Hogan against the fence and goes for the door again. Hogan stops him, but Bundy rips Hogan's rib tape off. And chokes him with it. Bundy goes for the door and gets stopped again. Hogan finally takes Bundy off his feet after throwing him headfirst into the bars. And holy shit, King Kong Bundy does color. The giant (laughs) has bled. And I do believe this was probably a response to Starcade 85 and that bloody mess of a show. And Vince saying, well, we can do a little bit of that. We're not going to be pussies here and do blood. There was no... No comparison to the oh, blood oh, no. loss from there. Oh no, to, to Bundy. Yeah, oh no, this was <laughs> this was a minor scratch yes. compared to yes. some of the blade jobs we've seen. Bill Alfonso's blade job from a few weeks ago <laughs> is a million times. Uh, it's a different level. I of, mean, of, Bundy's blading, and he's blading good, but 
compared to that Starcade I Quit match, this ain't shit. Not even that, just that. They were bleeding in like every match on that card. <laughs> but I, it was just strange here in such a PG, the original PG era and cartoon characters yeah. to see anybody bleed. Right, yeah. So... Well, especially earlier that night, we had to hide... Dynamite. Dynamite Kid. Hogan, of course, opens up the cut a little bit more, but then goes to the real the real assault with back rakes. Oh, oh. I just... I hate getting my back scratched in the ring. Oh. Then he throws him into the bars again and again. He chokes him with his boot, throws him against the rope. He tries a body slam, but that's right, King Kong Bundy. He's fat. It's too much, and Hogan's got bad ribs, so he goes down. And Heenan opens the door and says, Come on! Come on, Bundy! Win the match! And Bundy starts heading there, but uh uh-oh. Hogan pops up, grabs his rib tape, and starts choking. Great baby face here, choking King Kong Bundy with the rib tape. Bundy hits the avalanche, the stinger splash to the corner of Hogan, and directly to the ribs, mainly targeting the ribs. Bundy then gets about halfway out the door, and wouldn't you know it, Hulk Hogan stops him again. Hogan, though, hulks up. The real Hulk up. Before it was just, you know, a simple stand-up and a point. This was, he felt the energy running through him. America was pulsating through his veins along with several pounds of steroids. (laughs) He hits a scoop slam, a big leg, and then he does a little Ric Flair strut here. A little Fargo strut from uh, Hulk Hogan, I thought. That's kind of weird. Hogan tries to leave by climbing over the cage. Again, doors are for pussies, Patrick. But King Kong Bundy tries to stop him. Hogan just kicks him away. Goes over the top. Then Heenan tries to stop him. Gets kicked away. And Bundy then sprints for the door. But he can't make it. And Hogan lands feet to the floor. Wins the match. And then our babyface... Brings in Bobby Heenan and beats the shit out of him in the ring. Beats the shit out of him. What a fucking heel he is. Which even Jesse Ventura, I think, calls him out for this. And then grandstanding and hot-dogging. It is Hulk Hogan. Elvira says this wrestling match is the match of the decade. That's right. It is. Don't think so. This match only went 10-15. Felt longer. In fact, the Terry Funk match was longer. The British Bulldog match was longer, but this was certainly the... I mean, this was the main event, so the rest of it was all sort of just filler. Uh, My complaint about WrestleMania 2 is that, like I was telling you before we started recording, it was booked, it felt like a house show, where mostly the faces went over. It was very rare that a heel went over, and if a heel did go over, it was over somebody that was just not very high up on the card. Yeah. I felt like you had the best wrestlers going against people that aren't on their level. Like, at WrestleMania 3, you get Steamboat and Savage, but here you get Savage and Georgie Animal Steel and Steamboat and Hercules. That's kind of disappointing when you have great talent and they're not paired paired up with one another. Instead, you're just pairing them up with people to get wins over. You're booking yeah. it like a house show. Yeah. The the three arena thing didn't work. The crowd couldn't be fully invested in anything because the matches were so short. They they had no time to get invested. Yeah. This was before weekly TV was reliable. Like, you know that Raw's on Monday and SmackDown's on. It's like, to even keep up with all these minor storylines, you'd have to really be dedicated. You'd have yeah. to be reading the magazines and... 
watching all the programming and yeah i truly believe personally myself that this was you say a one match a one match show but i think three match strictly because solid nfl players were curious about this whole battle royal thing but bundy was the biggest challenge to date for hogan as well as the fact that Mr. T and Piper still had unfinished business left from WrestleMania 1, and there was a lot of... Piper was still still pretty uh, pretty hot when it comes to, yeah, he's, he was to still, being hated. Oh, he was still a very popular performer, and I bet there was a lot of curiosity to see. Because when you look at Mr. T, you think, this guy's an actual badass. Yeah. He, he might have some credibility. Yeah. Turns out he sucks yeah. as far as an actual combat wrestler. You can, as Lex Luger will prove, you can look like a million bucks and not and be shit at your job. So, I mean, I mean, Mr. T's made a long career out of looking the part, but not actually, I don't, he doesn't have the, the cred, you know, yeah. like he just doesn't have the skills. And so Piper, I, Piper, if it wasn't Piper in this match, if it, boy, he, he carried, he carried Mr. T. Oh yeah. He at, carried this match all by himself. Literally and figuratively carried Mr. T in this boxing match. So kudos to him, but man, uh, awful cards. I feel sorry for people that bought tickets to New York and Chicago and didn't get Hogan and Bundy in the cage. Just for the spectacle of the cage alone, not the match quality. The match quality was, yeah, whatever. Yeah. And also, my problem with cage matches in general, and I'm glad that the WWF slash E changed it later on to where you could win by pinfall or submission, because a babyface escaping just doesn't seem right. It doesn't seem like, oh, I beat your ass so bad, now I'm going to run away. Yeah, it, it just seems an odd way to kind of end a match for but, a heel to win. That makes perfect yes, sense. Beat exactly. your ass, slide out the door, or climb over the top to run away. Ha ha! I beat you, you know. But yeah, for a baby, I'm with you. It makes no sense. This is definitely probably in the top ten worst WrestleManias. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie. But is it the worst? No. I still dislike WrestleMania four more than this one. And I dislike, unfortunately, I've said it before, but the one we went to, WrestleMania 27, is very disappointing to me. Really? And, they, and WrestleMania 9 gets a lot of flack. And, but, yeah, 27 just didn't didn't have anything for didn't me. Didn't deliver to you. Yeah, there were no title changes, I think, on that show. Maybe. Yeah, Edge won first match out, and that was his last match. He won the title. From he, was all, he came in as champ. Alberto battled... He won the 40-man battle royal, a job oh, to that's Edge. that's right, that's know, right. In the first match. And then he beat the shit out of that Rolls Royce. Well, when you say beat the shit, he smashed the windshield, which I... It seemed like he... Well, we can talk about that when we review WrestleMania 27, but it seemed like he had some doubts about, should I do this? <laughs> yeah. Is this going to come out of my check? So, WrestleMania 2, on our scale of Hornswoggle to Giant Gonzalez, where do you rank WrestleMania 2? A five count. A <laughs> five count. King Kong Bundy. I'm going to give it a fabulous moolah, as she was actually put over strongest of anybody on this. <laughs> Damn straight she, she is was. fucking Goldberg <laughs> on here. It wasn't even close. <laughs> Damn straight. All right. Um, and she's small. Uh, it's my pick. 
Uh, well, since it is March, I wanted another pay-per-view for March, so we are going to March 21st, 1999, ECW Living Dangerously, the main event, Sabu versus Taz. So, it looks like a pretty good card, and uh, I'm kind of out of ideas. I wanted to pick a WCW Thunder for this week, because they added 20 more episodes to the network, but I didn't realize it was just going to be 20. I thought they were going to add the entire cat. I like yeah i thought they were gonna put the end and i so i wanted to review the last thunder because we're coming up uh next week will be the end the anniversary of the end of wcw so if we watched the last thunder i thought that would make sense but right they didn't upload it so no last do we have we don't even have do we have david arquette no it's not even uploaded that far damn it's only uploaded to january of 2000 so when Russo got sent home uh, a couple weeks after that, and that's it. It's like, if you're just going to put out 20 episodes, just wait until they're all done. Yeah. Put them all out at once. So that'll do it for this week. Sorry for the abbreviated version, but me and Patrick, a uh, bit of a time crunch this week. We're, we're, we're very busy individuals. Oh, yes. Very, very much so. Go to powerslam.tv. Use the promo code retro wrestling get a month for free that'll do it for this week i'm intern alex i'm the one and only the greatest referee in professional wrestling history patrick young saying as always my clothesline's a clothesline five count buddy <laughs> and bingo bing wrestlemania 2 king kong bundy versus hulk hogan for me your entrance to that cage match was just pure genius theater the way you came out you scaled the cage i remember Bundy was looking up to you, calling you down onto the canvas. Yeah. You scaled down, you tore the shirt off. I think on the cage, you tore the shirt yeah. off, got on the floor, threw the belt on the floor in front of Bundy, and then you two went at it. It was a, just an amazing piece of theater and a great match. And uh, what can you remember about Bundy as an opponent? Because I remember for years, King Kong Bundy used to give me nightmares. He was one scary dude uh -huh. to look at. He really was. Well, you know, when I say people are heavy handed, it means you really can tell when you get hit or kicked. Some guys in the ring are, are such professionals that you have to kind of watch what they're doing so you know what's happening to you. Bundy, out of everybody I've worked with, he's probably as close to Andre as I can really? say. As far as hitting you or slamming you or kicking you, I just remember when he kicked you, it felt like he was going to kick you and push you through the next wall. Mm -hmm. He was very heavy-handed, so I really had to mentally get up for working with him because he was young and just really strong and big. And I just remember WrestleMania two with that cage that Vince had built. It was just big iron squares. You know, I just remember in the dressing room after the match, I had lumps all over my head. It's not like a chain link fence that you can run wide into and you're fine. You may get cut up a little bit, but the chain link fence is very forgiving. This iron bars that Vince came up with yeah, but it was very unforgiving. So I just remember at the, at, after the match, I had so many lumps all over my head from the, from the cage. It was, uh, it was quite a night. I was worried because we had separated WrestleMania in three venues. Yep. We had Piper and Mr. T in New York, I think, and we had a lot of the NFL stars in the Battle Royal in Chicago. Timing-wise and separating the event, it just felt real herky-jerky, and, and I think we learned our lesson not to ever do it again. Do you like having celebrities involved, like in the WrestleManias and stuff, or do they not get it? Or does it I mean, I, I, got, I got a kick out of you know saying hello to Tommy Lasorda, and, but I don't know 
if they're worth the bang for their buck. I, I don't know. That's a good point. I like having them involved, and I think it's good. I don't know. It's something something different. People are loving something different. Well, it's reported that the celebrities each earn uh, $12,000 and up uh, for showing up that Is that night. Ricky Schroeder, Tommy DeSoto? Yes, yes. Might be more grand. than some of the wrestlers on the card. Oh, more than most of the wrestlers on the card. Right. Um, All right. Times I, I, any I, discussion I, I told, of that? I tell the numbers. Okay. I was going to say, what do you think I made for wrestling? Well, I'm going to get there. I, oh, okay. Well, I would guess uh, in that money. Um, I would say Hogan probably made 20, so you probably made 15. Thousand? Yeah. You think Hogan made 20? Sure. Made event WrestleMania, sure. 20,000? Oh, uh, higher, you mean. Let me tell you, can I tell you a story? Yeah. Hulk told me from WrestleMania 1, he went into Vince's office, and Vince, he had his WrestleMania check, and he walked in, and uh, it was for $500,000. And he said to Vince, where's the other half? And he said, Vince, draw up a check for Hulk for 500000 So clearly I'm low. Way low, yeah. For Hulk, not for me. I got fifty. Okay. How are you going to say, oh, that's oh, not fair, $50,000? Some dope. When, they, when anybody else could have done it, you know, you could have done it, he could have done it, you know. Your junior partner, you told me he's your junior partner, right? As you said earlier, he said, my junior that. partner hands all our camera work. It doesn't work. These guys are too smart. See, that's what you said. So 50. So you were clearly satisfied. Junior satis- partner. You were clearly satisfied with it. Yeah, I thought it was great. I okay. thanked Vince for it. The celebrities with you, by the way, are Elvira. Elvira. Tommy Lasorda. She was cool. Ricky Schroeder. And Robert Conrad. I talked to her. I don't remember Robert Conrad. Yeah. Where was he at? I, mean, I talked to Ricky Schroeder. I talked to Lasorda for a couple of minutes. Were they fans? I talked to I don't know. Like Ricky Schroeder, when he comes up to you. They were very he... nice. I didn't really give a great fan vibe. Okay. But then the thing is, when you meet somebody like that, then you always enjoy seeing when they do something. You know what I mean? Have you seen the sword? I met that guy. Right. The best was at WrestleMania 1, though, meeting Ali. I was not going to leave without saying hello to him. Right. How did, was, did he have his, all his faculties back then? Or was he just no, he didn't say anything. Okay. But I tell you, there was the people around him where there was no, like, uh, salty Muslims around him. They were all very nice. Oh. And I just said, I just said a few words to him. I didn't say right. that. I said, I said, not a bad jab for a fat white boy, huh, champ? And, you know, he laughed. He knew what I was saying. Are you tired of the same old pro wrestling? Then check out the amazing action on Powerslam.tv, the biggest indie pro wrestling channel in the world. Get over 4,000 hours of the best pro wrestling events from over 110 of the biggest names in the industry from over 15 countries around the globe. Get your free trial today at powerslam.tv.